Realms of Peril and Glory will begin after these short messages. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Support for Realms of Peril and Glory is brought to you by Stellar Firma. Hey everyone, uh, just coming in at the top of the show uh, to tell you a little bit about a show called Stellar Firma that our very own Maddie Searle uh, has worked on. Maddie, would you mind taking it away? Absolutely, no worries. Um, Stellar Firma is our weekly science fiction comedy podcast and it follows the misadventures of Stellar Firma's highest born but lowest achieving planetary designer Trexel Geistman and his poor, poor, bewildered clone assistant David Seven who never gets a break. <laughs> so there's also the malevolent line manager Hartro Piltz who's breathing down their necks and poor David will be lucky to make it a week before being slurried and recycled into raw human resources. So a bit bleak, but fortunately Imogen, the station's AI, seems to be on his side. I am the lead editor on Stellar Firma and I have been since middle of season two. And I also guest star as Vice Admiral Fun. Incredible work Maddie does. And we really hope that you check it out and enjoy it. We can say that if you are a fan of anything like Hitchhiker's Guide or Red Dwarf, then you are going to really get into Stellar Firma. Uh, you can find Stellar Firma wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd like to thank our patrons, Sean M., Underlark, and Colleen O'Hara, for their support in making this show possible. If you'd like to join them and get behind-the-scenes access, exclusive shows, and ad-free listening, head on over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic. Hey guys, welcome back to Realms of Peril and Glory. Congratulations for making it all the way to episode three. This is the last episode coming out on launch day, so I'm afraid you're going to have to wait a whole other week until the next episode. But if you want a little extra, stay tuned to the end of the episode where you can hear the first episode of our Patreon companion podcast, GM's Guide to Vale. <laughs> It is so fantastic to be here with you guys. My name is Zachary Fortescom, and I will be your game master on this fine day. Joining me is James Barbarossa. Hello, I play all of the NPCs. And playing with us is the indomitable Pip Gladwin. Hi there, I will be playing Tobrennan, the dwarf paladin. The incomparable Laura Gerling. Hello, I'll be playing Meredith Wimver. The iconic Maddie Searle. Hello, I will be playing Isadora Ravenwood, the necromancer. And the incredible Elizabeth Campbell. Hello, I will be playing Zongroff Gralshak, the orc rogue. 
<laughs> we are playing a game called 13th Age, a D20 fantasy TTRPG designed by Rob Heinsu, lead designer on D&D 4th edition, and Jonathan Tweet, lead designer on D&D 3rd edition. And it's published by Pelgrane Press. If you want to check out the game system for yourself, head to the podcast description where you can find a link to Pelgrane Press's website. Now, does anyone actually remember where we left off? Yes. Uh, we left mm -hmm. off in a, uh, I believe we were in a bar not too far from the... We had Moira's speech. You are absolutely correct. You were all sat in a pub day drinking after a death-defying encounter with a pair of automatons wielding time magic and protecting a machine rigged to explode planted at the top of the New Harbor Clock Tower deafening door. In the wreckage of the machine, you found clues emblazoned with the symbol of the Rapscallion crime family. After she finished her speech, you were all thrown into another vision of the future. New Harbor was seemingly saved until the vision turned and the city once again laid in ruins before you. So if everybody's ready, let's get started. You all sit taking in the speech that rang through the windows of the pub. Moments earlier, you had all shared an all-too-fleeting vision of an unbroken New Harbor before the vision shattered and the destruction returned, and New Harbor was once again in ruins. You hear again the voices of the crowd chanting Moira's name as the speech ends. Before you can say a thing, you hear two bleeps around you. Meredith Zongroff, you can feel your speaking stones vibrating in your pocket. Uh, take it out. Uh, Zongroff, you pull yours out, and the small device uh, made of glass, brass, and gas projects an image on its surface. You have an incoming communication from Constable Pine Silver. Hello? Oh, uh, hey, hey there, uh, Sergeant. Is this Constable Silver here? Yeah, yeah no, I, I do know who you are, Silver. Yes, hi. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just didn't... I, I wanted to make sure you remembered me. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> you all right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, actually, yeah, no, a, a lot, a lot's actually gone on in my personal life. I don't know if you, if you mean about that or particularly just to do with work. Um, I mean, maybe work first, um, and then <laughs> maybe later we'll. Oh yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, that, that, that's probably reasonable. Yeah, it's a very long story, and it's got a lot of tragic turns in it. Well, um, I'm always here. To lend an ear, um, maybe after the the work news, you know, because it's the middle of the day, just you know, on the clock. Oh, yeah, of course. No, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I actually just wanted to let you know that that um, the, the human lady who, who who had some info on Detective Ironbone, uh, she's well, she's actually gone. Ugh, damn it! Yeah, no, I um, ugh, I'm yeah. sorry, I. No, it's all right, Sergeant. A lot of people leave and never come back. It's, it's okay. Right. I mean, she is a witness, so we should probably find her again. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, she actually said she was going home. Um, I guess she didn't fancy waiting any longer for you. Um, I got her address, though. Uh, right, yeah. If you give it to me, I'll go and uh, apologize. Yeah, no, he, he passes over the address for uh, Mrs. Lydia Periwinkle. Meredith, your uh, your speaking stone also buzzes. Um, Fabulous. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, uh, you can see this isn't a communication of any kind. Uh, it's actually just a reminder that you set uh, exactly one month ago today. Uh, it's, in fact, your month anniversary with your boyfriend. So, a 
One whole yeah. month of Meredith. Cool. <laughs> um, right. Look, I'm sorry, guys. I uh, I know we're kind of in the middle of something, but I I actually have work on the case. Yes. Um, yes, we we do. Yeah. We better get I, back I on. I think that. I gotta go. No, it's cool. I'm super busy as well. You know, like um, it's actually I've I've been here one month today. I've I've yeah. So that's that's exciting for me. Yeah. Can. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Tor Brennan, I guess we should go. Of course. Duty calls. Um, you... Perhaps we should um, make a plan to reconvene at some point, uh, given that we are all part of this, yeah, sharing these visions as we touch. do. Yeah. Would you like to all exchange kind of speaking stone details? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I, I take it down and I, I, I mean, I think we're still kind of, you know, there, there's, there's more to discuss, despite the fact that Zongroff's been reminded about reality and, you know, actual job responsibilities. Um, I think, yeah, uh, Zongroff's going to propose that they maybe meet up tonight. Um, Actually, yeah, my, my um, professor, um, Urog, um, asked me to go to the Church of Roz because one of the congregation has gone missing. Um, so, yeah, Kinrith. Uh, Kinrith Durai. Yeah, that's right. I look at Tor Brennan. That's, uh, that's one of our, it's one of the people on our list. Tor Brennan, like, furiously shuffles through his little notebook uh, and, and finds the name. Ah, yes, um... Uh, a, a, a dark elf, I believe. If, if, yeah, if I, I've got this I, right. I didn't know her very well, but um, I want to do all I can to kind of be part of the community. And yeah, I'm a bit uncomfortable because even though I worship Roz, I don't really do the whole church thing. So I'm a bit awkward about it, but it's, it's important that I go. Well, uh, perhaps we should all go. Well, I've uh, I've kind of got plans tonight. Um, I've sort of been with my, I mean, kind of boyfriend. We don't really we don't call each other that, but like we're but basically we've been seeing each other for like a month now. And uh, yeah, so we were probably going to do something special this evening, you know, like play each other songs, stare into each other's eyes, that kind of thing. Um, but I guess maybe I could come afterwards or like bring him along or something if that's cool. Uh, yeah. No, you do you. Uh, don't want to interrupt the gazing um but yeah Isadora if you uh if you don't mind having two extra guests I think it might I mean there's no harm in going I look yeah. at Brennan I think actually it would it would help if you guys came because yeah I don't really know what to do with myself in these kind of situations so yeah any any help would be great of course All right, uh, Church of Roz will be there so Meredith has input her, uh, her details into Zongroff and Isadora's speaking stones with her name and then also a clock emoji, a little explosion, uh, explosion emoji. I didn't emoji. say there was emojis. Um, oh, fantasy Yeah, but there emojis. are emojis. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I just didn't say there were. Yeah. There are now. Uh, there are now, there yeah. Are now. And then a little little pink heart. Um, okay. Excellent. Yeah, and I, 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 th I think Zongroff kind of as soon as Tor Brennan explains that he doesn't have one, 
uh, yeah, Zongrov realizes that, of course, this means that now she gets to be his his phone as well. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'm Great. your so- responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so can everyone tell me where you're headed? Where? I, what are each of you going to get up to right now? I would like ceremony? to go to the library and look up information about the orb that we discovered Amazing. until the ceremony. Thank you. Uh, Tor Brennan, Zongroff, I presume you're headed over to Madame Periwinkle's house? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, and what are you doing, Meredith? I'm going to go pick up some scented candles and roses on my way to the Ash Lanes. <laughs> Great. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Tor Brennan and Zongroff, we're going to go with you guys first. You step just a few steps outside the pub, Tor Brennan, uh, when you hear your name being called across the square. Uh, it's small even for a halfling. You see fellow Blade of Valorous, Aaron, making their way towards you. Ah, ah, Torbrennan. Aaron, wonderful to see you. How are you today? Excellent to see you too. I'm very well. Uh, well, I mean, um, uh, Croc and I, we're, we're, uh, we're, we've been assigned to protect um, Langford. Yes, yes, I'm looking into the uh, missing persons case with the... Uh, ah. How rude of me. Uh, Aaron, this is uh, Sergeant Zongroff Grauschak. We are working very closely ah. together on the case. Yes, oh. uh, he- hello. Uh, hi, you're uh, one of the blades. That's right. I am one of the blades of Valorous. How many of you are there just asking for records? Oh, there are enough. There are enough to keep the, the fires of, of Valor awakened. Awesome. Quick sidebar, Zach. Exactly sure. how many are there? Uh, yeah, quick sidebar, Zach. Exactly yeah. how many are there? Including yourself, five. <laughs> five. Oh, five. But there may as well be hundreds. <laughs> we are hundreds in spirit. Three yep. full-fledged members and two apprentices, including yourself. <laughs> and Aaron is also an apprentice. Yes, we don't have our names yet. Yeah, well, you... you Sure do seem to be everywhere, so, um, hi. Yes, we are everywhere. No evil shall escape our watchful eye. Isn't that right, uh, Torbrennan? Quite right, Aaron, quite right. Sorry. What can I do for you? Yeah, you're protecting Langford, is that... Is she oh, hired that's right, you? she's... Oh, well, I mean, all of the Blades, we've all been hired to, um, to, to, to protect her. I, I, I believe Torbrennan is hired as well, are you not? Yes. Yes, I have yes. been uh, uh, assigned specifically to uh, investigate the uh, missing persons case, um, rather than bodyguard duty. Although uh, I, uh, I, uh, I do envy you that position, Eric. Very prestigious. Where the action is. If there's any trouble, I'll be right on the front lines, as always. I'm sure you could talk to Langford about reassignment if you don't, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to be a bodyguard. I'm just putting that out there for consideration. Ah, it's. Um, very kind of you, uh, uh, Sergeant Grauschek, but I, it wouldn't do to uh, rob you of my very specific set of skills at this crucial stage of the investigation, wouldn't you say? Yep. And I think, I think in that moment, it's not entirely clear whether he's joking or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Torbrennan, our good friend Elias... He mentioned uh, he, he'd like to see you um, when he's back at the manor. Yes, I was uh, planning to see him myself. 
Is everything all right? Uh, I believe so. I think he's just uh, wanting to check in on you. Make sure that uh, this whole investigation is going off without a hitch. Well, so far, so good. And I'll beam at uh, Sergeant <laughs> Songroff. Um, Excellent. Well, I'll reach my hand out to uh, to to Erin and uh, have a little warrior's clasp. Go with Valorous, my friend. Go with Valorous. And we'll uh, continue on our way. Yes, and you guys carry on uh, walking your way towards the Ash Lanes, where you've been told uh, Lydia Periwinkle is. In the meantime, we're going to head on over uh, with Isadora to the uh, Academy uh, of Arcane, Athril. So uh, you arrive, Isadora, at the grand stone entrance of the Athril Library. The library is tended over by Madame Trowell, an old halfling. It is kept open day and night to allow students of all species and sleep patterns to study aptly. And as you enter, Madame Trowell gives you a little wave. Ah, Isadora! (gasps) Madame Trowell, how are you? Is everything okay? Everything is marvellous. Everything is going so well here. And how how are you, dear? I'm all right. It's been a very, very weird day, but um, I have some new research interests that I'd like to get into. So, um, oh, I was wondering um, if you could help me look for some books Mm. about, uh, oh, it's this orb that I, I know what it does, but I can't remember its name. It's, um, it stores magical energy and converts it into energy that can be used by machines and uh, mechanical things. So, Oh, an orb. Oh, well, I mean, I dare say there'll be some information here somewhere, of course. Oh, wonderful. She goes through her kind of catalogue and kind of pulls some things that might be of interest to you. Um, could you do me a favour? Do an intelligence check for me with the background. Sweet. Uh, so that is a 13. Fabulous. So you're searching through some shelves. You're pulling one book and then you're pulling another. Uh, and you pull out the final book and you see there, there's actually the um, the sheepish face of a little orc behind it. <laughs> uh, and they look at you nervously before they just kind of come around the shelf and uh, smiling a little embarrassed. They're, they're wearing a, a denim jacket and some shiny black boots. Oh, hey, um, I'm sorry to um, bother you. Do, do, do you think you could help me? Yeah, of course. Um, what can I do to help? Oh, I'm just, I, I'm not actually from, um, I'm not actually from Athril. I'm from the University of New Harbor. Uh, there's an exchange program going on. Um, I'm actually a psychology student. Um, but, y- you know, I, I'm doing a course on um how magic affects the mind, it's all a little bit beyond me. You know, one minute you're learning um, how people's childhoods might relate to their modern-day psychology, and it's like, you know, did you have a distant relationship with your parents, or did you just, like, meet a warlock? Wow. You know? That sounds like a lot. All sorts of magic can affect the mind. It kind of makes my entire field sort of, well, infinitely more complex, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, is there anything in particular you're looking for? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly looking for, for, for magics that can uh, alter a, a person's personality. I, I'm doing a paper about magic in relation to the mind. Uh, 
Wow. To, uh, to, yeah, I, yeah, I spend a lot of time in this library, so um, I tend I have a kind of general knowledge of where all the books are. So I'm I'm happy to have a look and oh, help awesome. you out. Yeah, it actually it's an amazing library. This 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 place is wonderful. It's amazing. When I first arrived, I was just like my mind was blown. I hadn't seen so many books in one place before. It was so brilliant. Yeah. And Madame Trowell's it's... so nice. And I, I get I get get really distracted and I leave books all over the place and in piles. And uh -huh. she just she tidies up after me and she's wonderful. And I really should I really should help out more. But I'm uh, sorry I'm rambling. Uh yeah. No, that's okay. okay. So, it's awesome. Um cool. So I'll I'll have a look and see if I can find any books for you. Oh, thank you. I mean don't 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 stress yourself too hard. I mean this the this whole subject is, it's cool and all, but, but you know, I, I don't really mind too much about it. It's, I'm more doing it from, I'm more studying this for my parents. If you know, I've got a big family, a lot of, a lot of heavy hitters. Um, I have a little bit of expectations on me. So if you could help me out, I'd really appreciate that. But, but don't like go out of your way or anything. It's all good. It's all good. Um, can I do, uh, and another intelligence check. Yeah, to go for look. it. Add a background. Sweet. Ooh, natural seventeen plus five plus three. So nice. Lots. So yeah, you pull. Uh, you you know some things about magical personality shifts and things. So you kind of know. Oh, actually, this book might be really helpful. And because because they're a student, not necessarily well versed in magic, you also pull a couple like basic volumes on on magic and and how it interacts with biology and things. And you kind of hand them over to uh, this orc uh, whose name you don't know yet, and uh, uh, kind of you take them through uh, their various the the various parts of the library that might be helpful to them. Uh, and they're very appreciative. Oh, wow, this is actually really helpful. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Um, You're very welcome. Um, sorry, sorry, I, I guess I don't know your name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm you go. A... You go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. That's um, OK. I'm, no, go I'm, ahead. I'm Isadora. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. Um, I'm uh, Zektog uh, Gralshak. Oh, wow. Oh, do you know? Are, are you related to Zongroff? Yeah, we're 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 siblings. One of the big shots I was telling you about. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah. Um, what's it like having Zongraf as a sibling? That's that that must be interesting. No, it, it's 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 cool. Um, you know, it's it's great. It's like I say, it's lot lot of lot of family members, big big family. Everyone's doing great things, you know, and it, it, it kind of I don't know. It kind of feels like a lot to try and keep up. Yeah, that that's I yeah, having sort of big expectations put on you that's that's a lot. <laughs> but um yeah. I hope I hope you can like find your own path and find what you're really passionate about that yeah. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I like to think I like to think that you know I, I'm on the right path. A little bleep bleep comes from Zektog's jacket and there's a communication coming in on their speaking stone uh, that they've got to take. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta take this. Um, I should probably take it outside. Not good in the library, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, Madame yeah. Trowell is. She's really nice, but when it comes to speaking stones, she's a bit. She's a bit iffy. So yeah. No, of course. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll see you around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'd be it'd be awesome. nice to hang out sometime. Yeah, yeah. That that'd be cool. Cool. See you later. Zach Tog walks away. Uh, uh, opening their speaking stone as they go. Uh, and um, you continue your search for different uh, kind of ideas for magical items. Um, you found originally in your first go over some books and you kind of have a look now. Uh, 
you're reading through them and you see that the, the orb is something called uh, Vasa Magia. That's V-A-S-A-M-A-G-I-A. Uh, it's a conjuration vessel and it stores spell energy that can then be used at the possessor's discretion. Uh, it can be used to power machines, remotely cast spells, and and a lot more from what you can see. Uh, this is how Vale powers itself, so there are what a 21st century person on Earth might consider light bulbs. These are illuminated using Vasamagia, uh, lo- much larger than the ones that you have now. Um, but this one appears to be a very small scale uh, Vasamagia um, for remote use. Uh, yeah. Do I find anything about this? Is there any significance to the etchings around it or is that just purely decorative? You couldn't find anything significant about those. Um, roll me a wisdom check, please. Uh, Alrighty. So that's 17. Yeah, so you get the impression that this isn't so much a design feature of a Vasamagia and more of a flourish by a manufacturer. Uh, so this is a kind of imprint that is given by, um, yeah, uh, someone who would have made the Vasamagia rather than uh, anything specific. Alrighty. Anything else that I can answer for you while you're here? Any other topics you want to try and get some answers to? Hmm. I think I've probably researched this a lot myself, but mm. I think I might do like one more check over following the conversation with Tor Brennan earlier to see if there's any evidence anywhere of a necromancer doing good stuff. <laughs> oh, oh bless okay uh yeah roll me roll me a uh intelligence check uh because you are so well versed in this i will say that you can roll it at advantage sweet um oh one of those is a natural one so that's good um so that is Oops. 16 <laughs> and if i use my student background yeah. that's another three so 19 total, is that right? Yes. Okay, so you see kind of the bog standard stuff, first of all. Uh, there have been a handful of notable necromancers through the ages, but the line ends with the Undying King. Uh, there have been necromancers from nearly all races on Vale. Um, though the records have been lost, it was believed that the Undying King himself was human. Uh, you know the Undying King is the necromancer who destroyed the human empire's capital and waged war uh, on the human empire and all across Vale. Uh, and what caused the Age of Panic, that was the social regression away from magic. Uh, and it was only after many, many years and centuries that people became more comfortable with magic again. But necromancy still held that really close, tight taboo. You also, though, find out that it is believed that a necromancer will appear, a powerful necromancer will appear once per generation. Uh, Some theorize that the power is passed from spirit to spirit. So some people believe that you are a reincarnation of the Undying King, and that's why there's some fear about you. Um, Others believe that Roz themselves chooses a representative on Vale. No one is quite clear of the truth. Um, while there is no record of a necromancer doing good, 
There is also not much record of necromancy past the Undying King before you. There is really only rumors, uh, and there's really no uh, factual, well-documented records before the Undying King. It's just folklore because a lot of information was lost. So while there's no specific record of that, there's also no specific record of not that. If you know what I mean. Awesome. Yeah, I think that that concludes my research for the day. Okay, <laughs> Thank you fantastic. very much, Zach. Okay, uh, where are you headed off to next, Isadora? Just out of curiosity. You've still got another few hours before the... Um, I'll probably head back to um, my dorm room and just chill out until it's time to go to the service. Okay, great. Uh, fantastic. We are going to then move over to the Ash Lanes where Zongroff and Tor Brennan are walking through the streets. This is the more crime-ridden part of the city simply because it's more impoverished. Uh, so there's more need for it for people to survive. So the presence of a watch guard is not necessarily the most... Um, Welcome. Respected. Um, I am striding <laughs> as, 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 as best my little legs can and smiling at everyone. <laughs> uh, roll me a charisma check. I'd say 23. Oh. <laughs> um, you get heckled, Zongroff, a few times uh, when you kind of are walking down the street of the Ash Lanes. Like, hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Yep. Good afternoon. Yep. Tor Brennan will turn around, flash him a little smile. Good day, sir. And they just, ah, oh, this guy, what's he doing? <laughs> Gotta love it. You love to see it. So, uh, you know, there, there's a. Uh, you know, you, you get some respect as you walk, more so than Zongroff does. I mean, qu quietly, this Zongroff is just seething, uh, just sadly. <laughs> this chipper dwarf befriending everyone. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys arrive at the address of one Lydia Periwinkle. Uh, you see a home with a quaint red door. It's it's tarnished from years of exposure to the Ash Lane. Um, there's a sodden mat for anyone who would come knocking to see that says, uh, welcome. Uh, perhaps you better knock at the door, uh, Sergeant. When I interact with doors, they tend to explode. <laughs> I just kind of stare at him for an extra second and then turn around and knock on the door. <laughs> Great. So you uh, you knock on the door and you wait a few minutes. Uh, you don't hear anything on the other side, though. Mm, after a minute, there's still no answer. Lydia Periwinkle? I knock again. Yeah, no, nothing from the other side. Uh, is this house, like, uh, is it detached from the yep. other buildings around mm -hmm. it? Um, I'm going to take a look around the back. Okay, great. And I'll head off around the, the, uh, the other side of the building. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you go around uh, the building. Uh, there's the little alleyway between uh, the building and the next. Uh, there's no door kind of in the alleyway, but when you get around the back, you can see that there's kind of this little kind of fenced off area with a little bit of grass and some hedges, and there is a back door there, uh, and you can see that the back door is open. Cool. Uh, no one is looking, so I'm going to try and hop this fence. <laughs> I'm still at the front door, politely knocking. I want that said. I like that Tor Brennan just asserts there's nobody looking. So. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. As far yeah, as absolutely. I know. This is, 
tight alleys. Like, people are absolutely looking. But <laughs> roll me a dexterity check, please. Sure. Uh, that's a nine. <laughs> you eat absolute shit. <laughs> you just fall flat on your ass. Zongroff, you hear the clang, clang, clang of like this <laughs> this dwarf just like falling to the ground behind the house. I just, I just the pinched house. the bridge of my nose. I haven't even seen it, but I, I can guess something idiotic is happening. You do manage to get to the other side of the fence, Torbrennan, but it is yeah. in a crumpled heap. In fact, take one point of damage just for just for the hubris of it. It's the scene from Hot Fuzz where you hop up on the fence and it just goes... Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, well, you are, you're still knocking, Zongroff, and you're in the little back garden, Tor Brennan. Uh, I will go into the house, walk right in. Great, fantastic. So you walk into the kitchen. Uh, it's a clean place. This woman clearly lives a very isolated lifestyle. It's a little dusty. She she must live alone, you think, because it's so small and yeah, very clean place. Um, I think I, I think I think about doing some investigating myself, and then I, you know, it's, I know it's not my forte. Um, uh, so I will walk to the front door and open it. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, Miss Per. What are you doing in the house? <laughs> the back door was open. Come in, and I'll turn and oh, walk back in. You absolutely cannot just walk into people's houses. I want to make this very clear. Can each of you please roll me a perception check? Yes. Yep. It's only a 10 for me. Um, can I add um, my guard background? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh, 22 then. Great. So you are saying to uh, Tor Brennan, you can't just walk into people's houses. What do you think? You're... And then uh, the corner of your eye, uh, something catches it. And you see that there's someone sat in a chair in the living room. Hand of an older woman sat very still. Hello. No response. L Lydia Periwinkle. Nothing. I. I will walk in. <laughs> Begrudgingly, but you know. <laughs> uh, in the chair, you see an old woman, completely motionless, eyes open. She appears to be dead. Oh no. Um uh, I I I kind of reach out a hand very gently to to touch her just to just to see. Yeah. Um you you check her pulse and uh, there's nothing. Right. Um I'll I'll come over and check the pulse myself. I'll just Close the eyes. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Uh, how does it look like she died? You can't tell. You can't see anything obvious. Um, roll me a... Your paladin and your rogue. Yes. Roll me an intelligence check with no background. Actually, Torbrennan, you can use your Blade of Valor's black background. That's handy. Because my intelligence is not good. Uh, can I roll as well or no? <laughs> yes, you can both, yeah. Uh, that's a natural 20. Yes. Ooh, good, because I got a three. 
Poor <laughs> Brennan. I'm investigating. Also, uh, someone's died. Yeah, th- this is a very somber and sincere moment, but I'm also, there's just like a brief flash of jealousy that somehow Tor Brennan is investigating much, much better than I am. <laughs> Tor Brennan, uh, when you were traveling with the Blades, um, you got a fair few instances of seeing what magical death looked like, and it looked a lot like this. There's not, there's no evidence of any overt physical side effects. You can't see any kind of distress on her. You get the faint sense of something magical, like a residue off of her. Um, it, it doesn't feel natural. Sort of like, is it, is it anything like the feeling in the clock tower? Um, no, I would, I think those, those are different, different things. The magical sensation you were detecting was more from the kind of explosives and the, the Vasamagia, but, uh, not, not like this. This is a different, uh, different thing. But I can be pretty certain this person was killed with magic. Yeah, I, with a natural 20, you can be certain they were killed with magic. I suppose she was very old. Mm. No. Well, I mean, yes, but no. This woman was killed with magic, Sergeant. I. It's uh, there's a trace of it in the air. I've seen it before, or things like it. Um, I can't tell you how. Uh, I can't tell you what kind of spell. But this is a murder, or at least a manslaughter. You're sure of this? Oh, I'm certain. I don't really do lying. How did you get into this house? The back door was open. I uh, gallantly vaulted the fence and uh, strode in, <laughs> as is my word. Um, I I ignore his description of of yeah. <laughs> of this B and E. Um, and as soon as he says the back door was open, I'm going to um, draw my sticks and investigate the house to make sure no one else is in here okay Ca- yeah. cautiously investigate absolutely uh it's it's a one floor place so there's not much space to be had uh roll me just a quick uh perception check wisdom background level okay um 14 uh you do kind of a quick th- investigation as thorough as you think is necessary you're kind of batting around in case someone's got like an invisibility spell on them. Uh, no one's there. Um, you, I mean, the most reasonable explanation you can think of is that after they killed her, they left out the back door. Fair. Um, perhaps there's a perhaps there's a trail we can find. Tracks. It's never really been my wheelhouse, but um. Yes, I mean, this must have been recent. Uh, Silver said she only just left the. Uh, Justice Hall. I mean, it couldn't have been very long. For there to still be an, uh, some sort of essence of whatever was used to kill this person left. Yes, must have been recent. Perhaps we should hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, in which case I'm going to take Tor Brennan on faith and um, I, I guess investigate the the flat, the door, anything yeah. that might give us a, a, a trail. 
Absolutely. Okay, so I'm give... gonna provide as much uh, provide as much assistance as I can. Do you both want to roll me a perception check with a background uh, and a level? Yes. It's a nineteen. It's just a twelve for me. You kind of are looking around the flat. You're looking at the door. You're looking at everything. It looks, from everything you can tell, from the recentness of the magic, it looks like someone did what you did. They came. They knocked at the door. She opened the door, let them in. They went and spoke in the living room where she was sat. And that's when it happened and they left out the back door. You don't know if they left like when they heard you knocking. You don't know if they left 20 minutes ago and they're so far away you couldn't possibly catch them. What you do find is a written journal from Lydia. She clearly had kind of some issues with her memory and she used this to kind of jot down things that she needed to remember you know you saw you know you see things like get prunes from the shop pay for the magic electricity bill you know things like that just so she could remember but what you do also see in there is that she says saw one of the rapscallion boys follow that detective that dwarf detective down an alleyway right before he went missing. Okay, if, if there's no, like, um, any way to reasonably kind of trail anyone out of here... Um, there's I, nothing... You don't get yeah. any leads, right? You, there's nothing... It was so yeah. clean and so fast, like, nothing was left behind. They didn't sit down, as far as you can tell. It's That's just... Fine. yeah. Okay, um, at the mention of Repscallion, I will... Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I forgot, or, I mean, it's been... I didn't mention this, but those automatons in the in the clock tower. I got well, I got this. Uh, yeah, I pull out the piece of uh, metal with the uh, acorn engraved on it. Well, that's two pointers towards these um, these aptly named rapscallions. Perhaps we need to look in on them. Yeah. Um, I'd... I'll be good cop. You'll be bad cop. <laughs> Let's both be good cop. How about that? Um... <laughs> In fact, I'll be good cop, you be assisting vigilante in a good way. That's, yeah, and, but yes, no, we've got, oh, at least we got something. I, um, yeah, um, I'm going to need to call this, get somebody here. Yes, of course. Do you know where these, uh, where these rapscallions reside? Uh, Roman intelligence checks on Gruff. That's a natural one, Zach. Was that what you were hoping for? That's really what I was hoping for. Um, you are thinking as hard as you can. You know that someone mentioned at some point that you could, like, there's a way to contact them or, like, they hang out somewhere, but you can't for the life you remember. Uh, the only thing that you can think of is, I think, um, you've kind of internally i would guess size you know that um i don't know maybe joey's helpful oh no um yeah i think i think zongroff's actually a little rattled at um finding poor um lydia dead um seeing as you know she was supposed to meet her at justice hall before she left um so i mm. think she's maybe not thinking clearly but um yeah no i Sergeant, perhaps you, you know, should um Perhaps you should check in with your superiors, and I'll check in with mine. Yeah, I can. I can think of somebody who might know where to find the rapscallions. 
yeah, I will. I will call up. Um, I'll call up Silver, um, because he, yeah, he knew that uh, we were heading here and, and let him know what happened. Yeah, uh, he lets you know um, they're they're sending some officers on the way now. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to move over to Meredith. Meredith, you said you wanted to pick up some candles, some scented oils, I'd presume. Can you tell me what sort of things you've picked up from the shop and I'll tell you how much money you've spent? So I'm picking up red roses, um, I've got several scented candles. I couldn't pick just one, so I've gone for a mix. I've got vanilla, I've got raspberry, I've got jasmine. And that's that's it, that's it. I think. Great, okay, that's fantastic. It. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Massage oil. Oh, is it is it going that far tonight? Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe I'll pick up some massage oil as well. She's feeling optimistic. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so you kind of headed over because you were close enough you went to a shop in Old Harbor it was quite pricey uh, you'd say that pretty much cost you about five gold all that oh sweet okay cool uh, which is quite expensive for all those different things you'd say um, I'm not sure I realize I've been ripped off though no 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 I don't think I think, think you think it's premium is, quality product that's why you paid more yeah these are high quality grown up items that um and can we just like talk about how Meredith hasn't really kind of used massage oil before <laughs> and so she's just gone for a pineapple scented one because it had cute packaging. <laughs> yeah, the P- pineapple and uh, rose and pineapple, rose, <laughs> raspberry, jasmine and vanilla. 
water bouquet. Yeah. <laughs> water bouquet. <laughs> it's like all on. these really strong smells yeah. like interacting with each other to make this like medley of just scents. Slightly nauseating. <laughs> Romance. Assault the senses. Um, it smells of smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, you're going to head back to where? Well, before I head back to Ash's house in the Ash Lanes, <laughs> I'm going to um, just shoot. Um, in fact, remind me, did I mention the open mic night to Isadora? Um, uh, I don't think you did. Our... No, I don't think you did. Cool. Okay. I don't think you mentioned in it that to case, anyone. I'm going to shoot a text to both Zongroff and Isadora saying, Hi, Hans. BT dubs, forgot to mention earlier, open mic night at um, Cafe Pirelli tomorrow. Be there or be, little square emoji, little laughing hand over the mouth monkey emoji, kiss, 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 explosion clock. Explosion clock! <laughs> I'm just imagining the like split shot of Isadora getting that message and being like, oh yay! And John Gruff getting there and being like, there's been an actual murder. Okay, yeah, we're just, we're at a crime scene. Why, why why are we being sent this? What what is right. comedy and tragedy go together. This is it's true. There's a reason where companies called light and tragic. Yeah. Uh. to be honest, I don't really know that you guys have found a body at this point. So No, of course. Of course. Of course you don't. It was just yeah, no, it's a, it's a lovely juxtaposition. Um, fantastic. So you're going to head over back to the Ash Lanes. I am, yeah. I'm kind of going to try and sniff some of the candles as I'm walking along, try and work out what my favourite one is. But You kind of walk up the stairs of the kind of complex of various flats and apartments that, that Ash lives in. Um, yeah, you, you get the strong scent of, of raspberry in your nose. And yeah, you get to the door, lovely scent of raspberry and jasmine, and you open the door and... As you unlock it, you hear the distinct sound of a kiss breaking. Oh. Um. And the rustle of sheets. This is a wee bit unexpected. Ash asks, who's there? Um, it's me, babe. It's Meredith. I nearly died today. I've had quite a morning. Um. Oh, uh, Meredith, uh, babe. Uh, you didn't know you were coming around here, dude. I'm I'm living here now. I live with you. I right. What are yeah. you? Who have you got in there? What are you doing? Are you roll me? You do you go in? No, not yet. You're outside. Okay, great. Uh, just like Meredith, you can't like pop around whenever you want, man. Like I have other. You know, visitors sometimes. Okay, yeah, now I'm going in. Roll me. In fact, you don't need to roll me a perception check. Uh, you see that there is a, a person next to Ash, kind of hurriedly, kind of putting on their denim jacket. Meredith, I uh. Don't really understand. What? I thought we were like. A thing. I thought it was just us in this, and like I know we don't use labels, but like I thought that was because we were like cool, and our love was deeper than that. So we like didn't didn't have to, you know. Like I thought it sort of when Meredith, yeah, the fractured riffling. We tour around a lot, and and I like meet a lot of people, 
uh, you know. Yeah, and, and that all changed when you met me because you know it was. I mean, it was, you've definitely we had been this crashing connection. here, yeah. And you love it. I, I live this freewheeling life. life, man. Yeah, it's been it's been I fine. We it's been good. Gonna, it's been great. But I thought we were going to freewheel like, together. Dude, I thought I thought we were I like. Just you know, I just don't really like being tied just, down like that. that I'm man. not. Thing is, I'm not. Oh my god, this is the worst day. Meredith, okay, so like. Meredith, I'm, I meet a lot of people, all right, and I just don't like being tied down like this. The orca is there just kind of tying their shoes, their boots, um, and just getting ready to leave. Hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't realize that this guy was, like, seeing anyone. This seems like maybe this is a whole situation so, like, we were, that I'm Yeah, in. It, was, it was a whole situation. And I know I... <laughs> Yeah, it's not your fault. You've just walked into this and, you know, like I totally I totally feel you. Um Yeah. Um Honestly, um you don't need this guy. Uh, yeah, you're I'm better than this. He he's Thank you so much. He's not that great. Whoa! <laughs> who's not that great, dude? That's messed up. You can't you're not say that, that great. You're not actually well, that great. Hey, you know okay, what? So I'm you're not that great, all right? Because I'm I'm just trying to live my life, right? And you've you've been coming around a lot. Yeah. I meet a lot of people. I, I I thought I thought that was like I thought that was like old you like before me and then I thought I thought we had this whole like special connection. You've never said that. There are like lions. No, well I could feel it in your eyes, you know? Like you have to like vocalize what you're trying to mean to people. You know what I mean? Okay, so I'm just gonna turn to the orc and say, "Do you want a uh, scented candle? I've got vanilla. I've got jasmine. I've got raspberry." Oh yeah, raspberry's great, actually. Yeah, no, go go for it. You know, like yeah, I feel I'm like. Sorry, I I guess this is you know as best a time for names as any. I'm 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 Zektog uh, Grauschak. I don't care. I, I, didn't mean I just like, want you to take yeah, this candle. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, I hope you enjoy okay, it. I, I hope it doesn't bring you any bad memories like raspberry forever. Well, for nah, me now. To be honest, to be honest, um, I, I'm not sure I'm gonna remember much about today. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> Not an especially memorable evening. Um, you can do better than him, all right? Thank you. I'll try and remember that. And Zektog walks out uh, a little embarrassed, but feeling a little empowered by the advice that they gave you. Yeah, so I'm just gonna be like, well, you know, no, it's it's fine. This is fine. I don't know what I expected, really. Um, I shouldn't have come here. We never said we were exclusive, man. You can't put this on me, all right? I'm going to walk out. Meredith, you walk out. You find yourself, you're on the streets of the Ash Lanes. Where are you headed? I'm going to Isadora's room. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Do I know where she lives? Not at all. Would you like to call her? <laughs> I'm calling Isadora. <laughs> okay, Isadora, you're sat in your room kind of getting ready for the ceremony in, in a couple of hours. Uh, and you just get the ring, 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 ring on your speaking stone. Oh, and you uh, see it's Meredith. Meredith, hi. Um, hi. What's up? So, like, um, oh, so circumstances have changed, and um, I'm really in the mood to go to church tonight. So, uh, can I come <laughs> hang with you for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just like getting ready and stuff. I, I did some research earlier, and so yeah, come over. Um, oh, I bought you some roses. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, I need to, I need to get a nice vase to put those in. Actually, 
Um, Meredith. Yeah. How are you feeling on the inside right now? Torn up. Completely torn up. Roll me a charisma <laughs> check to see how well you can lie to Isadora. It's a. Can I add a background? No. Can one roll deception to lie to themselves? <laughs> <laughs> it's a 14. Uh, can you roll me a charisma saving throw, Isadora? Alrighty. So that's just mod. Just mod. Um, so that is 15. <laughs> you don't think that, um, that Meredith is quite right. The change of plans, the kind of erratic <laughs> behavior, the roses. Um, she's just calling you up randomly. Something's not quite right with her. Okay. Um, Meredith, are, are you yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I just sort of had a had a change of mind, and I just think church is the best place for me tonight. Okay. Well, well, maybe we can talk more when you're here. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll make some tea. Wonderful. See you later. See ya. Great. <laughs> I just hang up and I just cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just on the street. Yeah. Oh gosh. And from that really sad, depressing scene. Uh, we're going to go back to Zongroff and Torbrennan, uh, back on the case uh, after that uh, lovely little break up there. Um, so, you know, uh, where are you? What are you guys doing in response? You found this woman. What's next? Yeah. Well, if we've, if we've, um, you know, obviously made sure that somebody's coming to. Yeah. No, the officers have arrived. They're kind of detailing the scene. They can confirm. Yep. Yeah, no, there's definitely some magical residue here makes complete sense um they are kind of looking for fingerprints and stuff so you don't need to stay here to hold down the scene anymore cool um do we have some time before evening before we think yeah no you've you've still got another couple of hours okay um in which case i guess i'll go and find or see if i can find joey Oh, you know where Joey is, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey. Okay. So um, you're already in the Ash Lanes where you know he hangs out. You know his regular digs. Uh, you you know this guy pretty uh, well, unfortunately for you. Um, so you guys uh, kind of walk around. Uh, Tor Brennan Zongroff is leading you, I presume, with some kind of like bemused expression. Yeah, uh, look, there's this... There's this guy he I've dealt with him a lot he's I mean he's largely harmless in a you know I mean he's not but he's fine and you'll you'll meet him it's fine <laughs> so um yeah you uh you walk through the ash lanes get a heck of a few more times and then you arrive and you see uh, down uh, this kind of darkened alley uh, there's this huddled group of people uh, kind of gathered around a man shuffling cards uh, kind of three cards laid out in front of him and uh, there's a man kind of sat opposite him and uh, he picks up one of the cards and just groans and tosses it down he's really angry <laughs> oh what a shame what a shame, bud. Uh, you lost out on the gold this time. But you, hey, don't, no, you don't have to go anywhere. You can win it back. You know, what do you say? Oh, tell you what, just for you, one more silver piece, you can get another chance of winning that gold, eh? No, I think it's time for this man to leave. <gasps> 
Constable Growlshack. So at the sight of well, a... Well, well, well. Sergeant. At the sight of a, uh, a watch guard, the crowd disperses quickly. Yep. Right. Hello, everyone. Have a nice evening. Hello, Joey. If it isn't my old nemesis, uh, <laughs> dumb, gruff, uh, no. nerd yep, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yep, not, not your nemesis, Joey. I just really, we've had you a discussion. You are my nemesis, and I am yours, Grouchette. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, remember that conversation we had about the cards on the street? Remember that? The many conversations? I have, I have elected to ignore that memory. Yep. I have elected to forget this advice you have given me. Clearly. Um, look, Joey, believe it or not, I'm not actually here about the cards right now. I Nonsense. Mm. We are two great forces in this city and only <laughs> one may prevail. Um, yep. Yeah, um, this is Tor Brennan. So Brennan is, is just uh, standing back, just kind of taking oh, this Oh, in. hey, man. How's it going? You're doing all right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm yeah. well. You seem like a friendly guy. How you doing? I, uh, I can be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you play cards? You want to play cards? No, absolutely not. All right, absolutely all right. Absolutely hey, not. Hey, hey. guys got to make a living, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, if I just think that maybe like a technical college or maybe some factory work might be. I just maybe not. Oh, you would say that. <laughs> Always trying to foil my schemes. I know your game. Yeah. With these traps, with these tricks. The, the game is literally just the law. There's just the laws about that you can't. It, it, this is not why I'm here. Blah, blah, blah. This is my favorite character. <laughs> Joey, Joey. With these games of ours. Yeah. Mm. Leading to oh, death no. for one of us for certain. I am regretting all my choices leading up to say? now. Joey. I mean, he did roll in that one to get here. <laughs> <laughs> if I could think of anything else, it would, yeah. Mm. Joey. <clears throat> I need to talk to the Repscallions. Ah, oh, the Repscallions, eh? He gets a little uh, shifty. He's not quite sure what he's meant to say. You, uh, you didn't come around here to, you didn't come around here to continue our, uh, our divine feud that will shake the foundations of the city forever. This is about someone else. Joey, no doubt our epic feud will continue <laughs> for I some... thought we had something special, mm -hmm. Grail Shack. I just... But you're coming Today... here asking about the Reb Scallions. It breaks my heart. Just... It honestly breaks my heart. Obviously, the Reb Scallions have, have nothing on you, Joey. You truly are the mastermind. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me mm. that, but it means a lot, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you could just give me some information, I just... <laughs> Can you uh, roll me a charisma check, please, uh, Zongroff, to see... Yep, my obvious forte, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's all right, actually. That's, that's an 18. Okay. Yeah. I, uh... Might have heard something about uh, about about Leo Rapscallion. Do go on. I heard uh, Vincenzo ain't been happy since he went missing. Vincenzo been stomping around the Ash Lanes trying to figure out what happened to him, bringing a few necks. I heard something from a friend of mine about him yelling 
some sort of deal that Leo was in. I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it sounds serious. Any... Any clue who this deal was with? Oh, you know, plenty of plenty of people make plenty of deals. That wouldn't be right of me to go spilling the bees that easily, would it? I'll let you keep your cards today. Roll me a charisma check to intimidate. Uh, you can use your watch background. If you want, if you think intimidation is in the watch uh, <laughs> way. Uh, to be fair, I don't think I'm trying to intimidate him. I am... I am. Well, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm genuinely trying to, yes, persuade him, uh, in the thought that there's bigger crime going on right at the moment. Okay. Roll. Okay. Fine. Roll me to persuade. Okay. I'll do my charisma again. Um, My charisma roll is a five, so I'm sure that. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't go spilling bees like that. All right. Look, I, I, I I see the deal, but, but trust me, there's. uh, I got plenty of packs of cards in plenty other places. Can you point me in a direction? Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it sounds like this is serious business. I don't know if I want to get wrapped up in that. Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll take sort of a couple of steps to uh, Zongroff's side. Uh, Mr. Um, uh, Joey, was it? It's, uh, Mr. Romano, actually. My apologies. Mr. Romano. Uh, a, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, Tor Brennan, Blade of Valorous. Um, nice. Now, we're in rather a hurry. All right. And um, you stand to, um, to aid the cause of good and <clears throat> justice within this city, perhaps for the first time in your, in your life, it might seem. Um, I am an enemy of justice. <laughs> I am the knight. I am chaos. <laughs> so Brennan like nods wearily. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him up Whoa. with one Whoa. arm and hey. push him against the wall. Yo. Not hard. Just okay. I'm hang just on. Hang do on. That. Hang on. All right. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Roll me a dexterity check, yep. please. Uh, I'm gonna roll opposed for Joey, and I'm gonna give him just some stats quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a fight now. <laughs> um, uh, am I backgrounding this? Yes. Excellent. 21. You fucking, you beat it by one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled a nat 17, and I gave him a plus three to dex because he's small. Oh, not my qu- God. All right. Enough. All right. Uh, yeah, you pick him up, and he's he's like... Uh, all right. All right. Hey. 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 Look. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, but I, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, uh, but you know, if it's for the, uh, <coughs> if it's for the greater good, uh, for justice, you know, like I can, if <coughs> you know, I'm, I'd be more than willing to give I'm, you some. I'm, I'm <coughs> absolutely, some I'm absolutely not choking him. Um, there oh was no, he just does this. He does this oh, all okay. the time. I'm just, I'm just I, making I sure. He's choking himself. He's like got his hand against his Fair throat. I just, I just wanted to make make sure that was clear. No. He's got his own yeah, hand no. against his own throat, like, oh, you're doing this <laughs> to me. It's the way you got my collar, bud. You know? All right, look, okay. If it's all for the greater good, look. I, I'm, all right, I've been told to keep my ear to the ground for Leo's partner. I never knew he had a partner until this whole situation went down, but apparently I've been told just to listen out for the name Sail. 
There you go. You ripped it out of me. You threatened me. I was threatened. <laughs> I, I pick up his cards off of his little table and just kind of hey, throw whoa. them into his chest. Just like, go home, Joey. That was a good hand. That was a good go hand. Go home, Joey. Fine. But we will yep. meet again, yep. Grouchak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. For our feud will span time itself. <laughs> I kind of give a desultry <laughs> shake of my fist just to humor him and then <laughs> let him go. Oh, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> Before I put him down, and he's sort of giving his little speech while I'm holding him up against a wall to uh, to, to Sergeant Garshek. Um Thank you very much for your cooperation, Mr. Romano. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, no worry, man. I, you seem like a good dude. I, I'm going to reach into my little pouch and I'm going to take Five gold, and I'm gonna tuck it into his pocket inside his jacket and just say, My friend, I like this guy. This guy is my friend. We're buds. You keep your ears open, sir, yes? I absolutely will. I like that. I absolutely will. Perhaps we could have a conversation another time. And I'll put him I'll put him back down gently. Be very I would be very interested in having in having more conversations, particularly ones as lucrative as this, my friend. Well, we shall see. Now, run along. Yeah, of course. So very nice to meet you, Mr. Torbrennan. Grouchak, I shall burn this city to the ground uh, <laughs> just to spite you. This whole world will shake with the wrath of of, of, of our entangled destiny, etc., yep. etc. Et uh, I'll see you guys later. Yep, bye, darling. <laughs> oh, fuck, I love this guy. I, I like your arch nemesis. I... It, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, he just... Yeah. Well, look, we've got a name. That's a He's start. got a name. Can I get this? Can I get the spelling of that name, please? Yes, it is. Uh, the spelling of Sael is S A O L, and it's pronounced S A hyphen E L L E. That's the phonetic spelling, Sael. Got it, Sael. Yeah. I have been waiting for three episodes to play this man. <laughs> yeah, Joey originally was going to feature in episode one, but I changed it. <laughs> this is the one we've been most looking forward to. Yeah. Very good. It's everything I hoped and dreamed. Thank you. Okay, great. So we're going to move over to Athril, uh, specifically into Isadora's dorm room. You hear the hurried kind of knock, 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 knock at the door of, uh, of someone knocking. <laughs> I'll go and, go and let her in. <laughs> yeah, you open it's Meredith. A handful of roses. These are for you. I just saw them. I just think life's too short to not have lovely things sometimes, you know, like we nearly died this morning. It's it's been a day. Um so I was thinking like maybe I know you already have a roommate, but maybe I'll I'll also be your roommate for a bit, if you don't mind. Um I mean I, I'm not sure about the, the rules in the dorm about having I mean, people rules who are made to be broken, I think. Um, um, I mean, I doubt anyone will mind. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. Academics have, love me. Yeah, I'd love to have you as a roommate. Um, I'm just I might have to talk to my my professors about it and see if it's OK. But if it's if. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. provisionally. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, lifesaver, thank you so much. Uh, Isidore, you do know that students have had guests occasionally in their rooms. Uh, it's not uncommon uh, to, to actually stay with you permanently is another matter, but you know, you think you could probably get away with a week. Cool, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, you seemed a bit um, 
distracted on the phone? A bit sort of... Uh, is everything okay? Yeah, so people are shit. Um, don't trust men. Don't trust women. Don't trust anyone. Don't... Don't. Don't fall in love. Don't do it. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, is there any particular reason why you're feeling this way at the moment? No, nothing. Everything's fine. Um... <laughs> I just sort of, yeah, no, I, I decided not to pursue things with Ash. I thought, I thought maybe there was something there, but then I thought, no, actually, actually, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll just ride solo for a bit and maybe that's like the best direction for me for now. Um, yeah, and it, it was all my decision and it was a totally grown up and sensible decision I made, I think. Um, and I came to that conclusion all by myself. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you like have a, a a path in mind and you're forging your own destiny. That that's good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I awesome. think I think that's really good. Yeah, I think it's a, an excellent direction for me to be going in right now. Anyway, like I don't really I don't need anyone tying me down at this point in my life. To be honest, I don't think. Um, yeah, I've got I've got too much going for me to be honest to have anyone holding me back at this stage. Um, yeah. yeah, you've got your your whole future ahead of you. It's, it's yeah, it's an exciting time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I did some research on Excellent. the orb, and it's a Vasomagia, which is used for um, powering uh, machines and casting spells remotely throughout the throughout the city. So um, I don't oh, think sweet. it's a massive lead, but. Um, it did stop the machine so that was down to you bestie so sweet well done thank you so much I'm glad I've done something right today you know um but yeah cool um, so that's like progress I guess yeah. and there was this there's this um kind of cute uh orc person at the library and I don't know I, I might be like I don't know I'm, prob I'm probably like completely projecting and like fat. And, like, Don't fall for orcs, they'll fuck your boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> they, they seemed really nice. They were like studying psychology and. I mean, magic. I'm sure they're great. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know? Like, it wasn't their fault. Wasn't their fault? What? Nothing, everything's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. Go hang out with an orc instead of me, I guess. That's fine. Jesus no, Christ. Um, oh I... my god. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a moment to compose myself. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just like saw them today. I, 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 we're best friends and I've like, I've known you for such a short amount of time, but I feel like I've known you for a hundred years. You're very, very special to me. Yeah, no, me too. And I don't think anyone, orc or otherwise, could kind of come, come between us, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, I've thought that before about people, but you know, you can be wrong. You can make mistakes. Yeah. And also they, they said they were the sibling of, of um, Sergeant Gralshack, so that would be kind of awkward. That would be a bit, a be a bit weird. I don't. Yeah. Would it be weird? I don't. I don't think it would be weird. Mm, so, do you think I should like see if this is a possibility, or do you think I should like just not worry about it just now? I just don't recommend romance. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, for anyone at any time, to be honest. But I just don't think it's good. I feel like, you know, you've got me, you've got Horace. Um, yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah. But I've been reading these, these, um, these like, romance books, Secrets of the Fang, and they're like really like really interesting and it makes it seem so exciting and i don't know i i feel like i'm ready for something new you know okay so i'm gonna level with you i did absolutely love secrets of the fang um i've read all five but it's fiction yeah i suppose i mean do what you want to do you know you're you're in you're in charge of you and your own choices um just this is coming from someone who knows a lot about love and relationships like i wouldn't i wouldn't head into anything too fast because uh you know like i've had i've had friends who've who've made that mistake before and uh, it hasn't hasn't turned out too well for them um yeah okay I, 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 I knew this girl who dropped out of school and uh and moved cities um to to, to be with someone she she thought she really liked um and then they weren't exclusive and and he never said and she just assumed they were you know because like meredith roll me a charisma check to see how much you can keep this bottled up <laughs> i was also gonna ask if i could roll insight to see if i could tell she's talking about herself okay well it's a 23 from me so. oh, yeah no you keep it bottled up and you're pretty convincing if you want to roll uh, char uh charisma uh, you can, uh, Maddie. I'll, I'll I'll give it a try, even though it probably won't work. <laughs> yeah, that's a natural five. I'm I know nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no. You, you this is a very convincing story about a friend of Meredith's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah. I suppose if you make a mistake, you learn from it and you move on. And the only way to learn is to to try things and see how it goes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Right, what do you think I should wear for this service? Because I have no idea if there's like a dress code or anything. Um, what do you think I should wear? Um, I've I've never been to a kind of prayer service before. Um, so I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I mean, I yeah, I've got this kind of quite plain black thing, but I don't know if that's like too sad. If that's like. I mean, you could like jazz it up with some accessories, I reckon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do this. So you go to work on a wonderful fashion montage, trying on different outfits, different accessories. And what is the outfit that you settle on, Maddie? Um, it will be a very simple black dress, but with a with kind of layered purple jewelry. <laughs> Fantastic, um, and it's probably a bit too ostentatious for this particular event, but she's happy with it. And as you do a kind of final turn to kind of shop Meredith, and Meredith's like, "Yay, fantastic!" In the finale of this uh, dress montage, uh, you get the little ping that it's uh, it's time to go. Okay, cool. Um, do you wanna do you wanna head on over to the church? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I'm I'm ready. I'm so ready. Awesome, cool. Thank you for coming. Uh, and I presume that uh, Torbren and Zongroff, you're also headed over there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Fantastic. So um, 
yeah, you guys travel uh, yourselves from the Ash Lanes. You don't actually have far to go uh, from the Ash Lanes to the Church of Roz. It is right on the border between the Ash Lanes and the Ivy Lanes. Uh, so really quite close to where you are. Um, you guys have to travel a little further in the city, but you um, make it in time. Kind of night has fallen. Uh, as you all arrive, you kind of all see what is perhaps the smallest church in the city. This is a city that is full of monuments to Dor and Vitwin and Marwin and huge kind of cathedrals to these gods. And uh, what is the smallest uh, church in the entire city uh, is is the Church of Roz. It's a, a dark, pointy building, um, and it's lit up with dim orange lights uh, in the sign outside, um, saying that there is a service, uh, that services are held every Roz day at midnight, 10 and noon. Uh, and it also says tonight, a uh, prayer service for Kinrith Dorai. And uh, you all see each other as you approach the church. Ah, uh, good evening. So I decided to join you guys after all, you know, like, I just I just thought um, you could really use my company at an event like this, you know. Um, yeah, I thought you had some big romantic evening planned. No, no, nothing like that. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I just look at the look in her eyes. Yep. Okay. Not going to touch that one. No. Um, <laughs> um, right, shall we? Um, Isadora, why don't you lead the way? Okay, cool. Um, I'll go and see if um, Professor Eurog's around. Um, yeah, they'll probably know what we do. So. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Uh, you, you lead the way up the steps uh, through the uh, doors uh, to the nave of the church, the kind of open area. You see a handful of people are just kind of milling around between the pews. And uh, yeah, Isadora, you, you see Professor Irog uh, catches your eye from across the room and, and comes up to you. Ah, uh, Isadora, it's excellent to have you here. Um, thanks. Thanks for um, letting me know this was happening. And... Yeah, is there no, anything I course, can uh, anything I can do to help or set anything of up? Of course, I just I was just talking to the uh, other members of the church about you. I'm, 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 they're all going to be absolutely um, warmed, comforted by the fact that you you decided to join us this evening. Thank you so much, uh, Maddie. Or sorry, Isadora. You see that uh, a few members of the congregation are looking at you quite quite excitedly, um, and uh, kind of look at each other and smile and. They seem to know who you are and and be quite excited to have you in the church. I'll just very sort of cautiously wave with a sort of half smile. We 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 have to keep these communities alive by by bringing in new people and new perspectives, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's Gak, so, isn't it? Uh, Professor Urog, Songroff Grauschak, we've—I think we've—we've we've met. <laughs> Just. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I brought some other yes. folks. Just, I hope that's okay. No, of course, of course. Um, you, you know, this is a white community, and uh, I'm sure as many people here to remember Kinrith uh, is as good as possible. Yes. Well, uh, it's a. Looks like you have a, a lovely service in, in store. Um, why are we so keen on Isadora? Obviously, she's a delight anywhere. Just, just curious. Oh, well, the, 
the Church of Rose uh, appreciates uh, inspiring young minds, followers. Um, we are all one in, in faith, of course. She also explains that um, as the uh, necromancer, they believe she is the divine um, expression of Ross in Vale. Wow. Yes, uh, Ross is the, uh, is the god of, of, of death and uh, passing on. And, and it's, um, you know, uh, Isadora, the, the necromancer, she has not much else uh, appreciation in the world, not as much as, as here. Yeah, it's it's a lot of responsibility, and I, yeah, I I, I don't. Uh, but no no pressure, young one. We are just glad to have to have you here with us. Thank you. I just I don't feel like I'm particularly special, but if yeah, I'll I'll don't we, we say are that special. about yourself, Isadora. Yes, of course. Your your young your young friend is right. We are all special in the eyes of Rose, um, and 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 you in particular, of course. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's all kind of quite new, and um, seeing how it goes, and I'll 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 do my best to be to be worthy of Rose. Of course. I guess we'll take our seats. I'm going to just lean into Zongroff and say, did you get my message about the open mic night? I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Brilliant. See you there. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You all take your seats and a priest, uh, a dark elf priest, uh, takes his place up at the top of the uh, pew and uh, begins the ceremony. We gather to call out to Roz this night. And the congregation as one call out in his name. We are humbled by life's great descent into darkness and finally to death. The great circle of life that brings all of our lives to a close. We thank you, Roz, for feeding Vale, providing fertile ground for life to rise again. We recognize that without you, there can be nothing, and we are all destined to meet your warm embrace. We ask you this evening, however, to spare one of our congregation and help her return back to our arms. Kinrith Dorai, is a beloved member of this congregation, wife and mother. Please return her to us. She deserves a graceful descent into your arms at the right time, and we beg you to allow her this. Thank you, Verun Kidem. The congregation again parrots the high priest chanting as one. Verun Kidem. Thank you. And now I ask that everyone join us in a hymn. Music from a tall organ at the back of the room emanates towards you, and the congregation sing an aching song of longing, crying out for their lost member. After several more hymns and a closing statement from the priest, the ceremony concludes. You are all sat in the Church of Ross. 
not quite sure where to go. You found the dead Lydia Periwinkle, and some of us have lost more than we're willing to say this episode, whether it be their dignity, their pride, or their boyfriend. Can you possibly understand what is to come? We will find out in the next episode of Realms of Peril and Glory. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. I'd like to remind you to stay put after the credits to listen to the first episode of GM's Guide to Vale, where we will learn a little bit more about the Pantheon of Vale. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Hey, guys, can you let me know where people can find you, starting with you, Laura? Oh, And yes, you can find me on social media with the handle at ByLauraGurling. And also my Etsy shop is ByLauraGurling.etsy.com. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Maddie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maddie underscore abstract. You can find a bunch of stuff that I've done at RustyQuill.com. And you can also find my personal podcast stuff at SnazzyTapier.wordpress.com. Amazing. Liz, where are you? Um, I'm on social media at Liz X Campbell. That's Liz, the letter X, uh, Campbell. Uh, And uh, if you'd like to hear some more of my dulcet tones, uh, I do a little bit of voice acting on the podcast No Space for Heroes, which is a sci-fi adventure series. Thank you very much. And Pip, where are you? Look to my coming at first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. And also in your podcast feed, perhaps the orphans, wooden overcoats, uh... Victoriosity um, and, and and such like. Uh, Pip is uh, never late. He arrives precisely when he means to. Incredible. And James, what have you got? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Barbarosophone, though you probably shouldn't. And you can also check out The Orphans, uh, which is Zach and my other um, podcast. It's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it's a sort of sci-fi drama, a lot of heart. Um, uh, you just search The Orphans on your podcatcher of choice and check out my uh, Christmas special. It's coming up uh, for Realms of Peril and Glory. It's You Awaken in a Strange Place and it will be sort of the start of uh, a series of those. And, and also, if you want to get in contact with Pip, send me a message on Twitter and I will leave him a scary voicemail at three in the morning. He'll do it. He's done it to me. Anyways, you can find me personally at ZachFG on Twitter. That's Z-A-C-K-F-G. And you can follow Realms of Peril and Glory on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RealmsPod. Uh, the best way to support the show is to head over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic, uh, where you can get bonus episodes, exclusive games, production updates, uh, and a lot of really cool stuff that I know you're going to want to get your hands on. Uh, and you can check out the link in the show notes for uh, a link to our merch store, which has incredible new Veil merch launching alongside this release so thank you very much guys and we'll see you next time goodbye bye Bye. oh bye Hello, and welcome to Realms of Peril and Glory's companion podcast, GM's Guide to Vale. This is our Patreon-exclusive show that is going to take you through the world of Vale and explain some of the intricacies of the world. 
My name is Zachary Fortescom. I'm one of the co-creators of RPG and the GM for the Veil campaign. I created Veil specifically for this campaign. I took a lot of inspiration from a lot of other fantasy worlds. You can see nods to Discworld, Harry Potter, and the Dragon Empire, which is the world featured in the core rulebook for the game system we're playing called 13th Age. The reason that I wanted to create my own world for this campaign is because I wanted the freedom to create something that could be tailored to each of the players. You will see as I go through the various aspects of the world in this series that it was really built with the main player characters in mind, to make them feel as though they were part of a real, tangible world. The first thing that I'd like to touch on in this series is the pantheon of gods that exists in Vale. While this wasn't the starting point for me, it does feel in retrospect that so much of the world was built around this pantheon. In a world where divinity and magic is a very present factor in an everyday person's life, it felt important to get this aspect of the world right and also incorporate them into the lives of the PCs. But because I wanted the Pantheon to be naturally incorporated into the lives of the PCs, I had to wait until we had the beginnings of characters to work with. I started working with the players early on to get the best character for them. Once we had the basics of these characters, we spoke about how the gods would factor into their characters' lives. Maddie, who plays Isadora, came to me early on with the idea of playing a necromancer, which immediately necessitated that there be a god who dealt with death. And then Pip came to me with the idea of Torbrennan's band of mercenaries being founded on an ancient text uncovered by its leader, detailing the heroics of a largely defunct god of heroism. It was a very specific idea that I absolutely loved. The players were such a huge part of the creation of this pantheon that it only felt right to start from this point. So I went to work incorporating them into the world. Let's start at the very beginning. I've heard it's a very good place to start. The Valesian pantheon is made up of seven gods. In the mythos, Dor and Ros were first. Dor was a being of pure energy and life the feverish exuberance of life teeming to be unleashed. Alongside them was their natural counterpart, Ros, a being of entropy and decay. They formed an incredible symbiosis. Ros would consume the tremendous energy that Dor let off, and in turn, Ros would feed Dor, fueling the cycle of life. This vision of the cycle of life in Vale felt right. Isidore wanted to come from a place of feeding life through decomposition. It is the idea that necromancy can be positive and that death can feed into more life. The whole notion was exactly what Maddie wanted to go for with Isadora, and I felt that principle needed to be present in the understanding of life and death at the very core of Vale. Though whether that is understood in practice by the people of Vale is a complete other story. From the union of Ross and Dor sprang two more beings. Feyril took after Dor and brought light into the world. Vraleth took their cues from Ross and filled in the space between with darkness. Feyril and Vraleth defined the work that Dor and Ross had created in their union. It felt important to me to create a balance between light and darkness, just the same as there is a balance between life and death. There doesn't need to be conflict because one cannot exist without the other. Again, I touch back on the idea of an equilibrium in the natural world. There is a balance that allows life to flourish. 
From the work that Feyrel and Vraleth did sprang Maruel and Vitroel. They blossomed and bloomed in both the light and the dark. From them spawned a manifestation of their joint work. It was called Vale, a world that represented the best of them. Maruel grew intense flora, incredible oceans, forests, and ecosystems. Vitroel created incredible fauna, creatures of all forms and people with thoughts, feelings, and autonomy. Finally, from all this incredible creation came a final being. A being to represent the delicate balance that exists between these incredible opposing forces. This being was called Driswin, the representation of balance. Driswin defines balance within the world, keeping life and death in constant equilibrium. As you can see, there is a clear theme of balance between opposing forces in the world. I wanted to instill this understanding of the importance of balance and the cycle of life, and how you should respect that balance. Now, once the idea of who these gods were was created, I needed to get back to work on the idea that Pip had brought me for Tor Brennan about a largely defunct god of heroism. I love this idea, but a god of heroism doesn't exactly fit in the structure that I've built up to this point. So I thought perhaps that in folklore, there was another view of the gods. Perhaps Dor could have a child. Perhaps that child would be considered a god of heroism by some. I decided to go down the idea of a demigod of heroism. I was given the name Valorous, so I ran with it. I built out the idea that during an era of the world's history, stories were passed down from generation to generation about the children of the gods who did incredible things. I will explain more about these folk legends and the children of the gods in a later episode of GM's Guide talking about the Blades of Valorous. Overall, the gods have worked their way into everyday life on Vale even in small ways that the average person might not recognize. The days of the week are named after the gods. Donna day for Dor, Fams day for Feyril, Mar day for Maroel, Vit day for Vitroel, Dris day for Driswin, Voas day for Vrolith, and Ros day for Ros. There is a church worshipping each god in the city of New Harbor, the city in which the first Vale campaign is set. It was important to me that the city felt representative of every species on Vale, and that all were welcome. The first way to ensure that in a world sense for me was to make it clear that a follower of any religion can safely and easily find a space to worship in this city. This felt like a great first step to fleshing out the feeling of acceptance and tolerance that exists in New Harbor. Religion is at the forefront of many people's lives, so it felt that this should be accurately represented here. It also felt important that NPCs should have some religious affiliations. Gak Urog, Isidore's mentor, is a devout worshipper of the Church of Ross. The Rapscallion family are committed members of the Church of Vitroel, and Lydia Periwinkle is a devout follower of Dor. As important as religion was to me in this world, it also felt clear that some characters should not be defined by their religious beliefs. Zongroff is a great example of this. Religion is all around her, but at no point does she feel an overwhelming need to reach out to the religious institutions. As an orc, she would typically be expected to attend the Church of Vitroel, but it was never a particularly strong force in her family, and so it was never a particularly strong force in her life. The presence or lack of religion in a character's life in Vale has a huge impact on their day-to-day. -day. Both are equally valid and accepted in the city of New Harbor, but others might not feel the same in the rest of the world. 
It was also a huge priority for me to distance the Valesian pantheon from the notion of gods being active participants in people's lives. Other mythos featured tales of people wielding tremendous power living in the clouds and interfering in the life of mortals. Vale is different. Its pantheon is distant. Their gods are described as being forces rather than individuals. In modern iconography, there are rarely representations of these gods holding a corporeal form. They are viewed as forces. While some people view the gods as male and female, there is no written record of the gods ever holding male or female pronouns. They are always referred to as they slash them. The gods are very much not tied to any specific form. They exist amorphously. For now, that's all I have to say about the Valesian Pantheon, and I hope I have given you a bit more insight into the world of Vale. Be sure to tune in to Patreon for the next episode, where we'll be discussing even more details about the world. I'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.